0: News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT, the Pete Callender Show. I'm the Pete from the show. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. The big news breaking over the last half hour, well, going back to yesterday, uh, was uh, and is. Now the Charlotte Mecklenburg School Board has fired Superintendent Ernest Winston. They took the vote uh, within the last half hour. I believe it was seven to two. Uh, Dr. Ruby Jones was one of the no votes, and she accused the chairwoman, Elisa Dashew, of ramrodding the termination through. And she said that this was uh, in service to the shiny shoe people of influence. Uh, then Carol Sawyer spoke and attacked fellow board members who have violated rules by leaking to media. I assume this is what she was talking about ta- in how this all played out, that she was upset that media was reporting on this stuff before they actually had the chance to do their vote or whatever. Uh, and so that's where she focused her comments on, uh, and that's where we pick it up now. This is And they've all been limited to 60-second remarks, so they each get one minute as a school board member.
1: Do you have any comments? Yes, Madam Chair. I can hold two things in my heart and head simultaneously. I can have deep respect and gratitude toward Ernest Winston and at the same time know that we need new leadership to move us in the direction of meeting the needs and aspirations of our students. Our job as a board is to ensure that there is leadership in place to achieve student success even when it is difficult to do. I support this motion. That Mr. was Margaret
2: Strain? Marshall. Thank you, Madam Chair. Here's Sean Strain. You know, in, in looking at this, I was reflecting on our retreat almost a year ago, April 30th. Last year, we were uh, having our first day retreat on student outcomes-focused government, uh, governance. And Ernest made the statement that he wanted his legacy to be one of elimination of achievement and opportunity gap between all subgroups of students. Unfortunately, that's not where we are. Where we are is that that gap has widened. A year ago, I said this board could not separate the performance of the district from that of the superintendent, and that's what we're doing today, is looking at the performance of the district and that of the superintendent. We also have a growing list of federal and state compliance issues, including conscious violations as well as board policy and his own regulation compliance issues. That uh, being said, whilst I've advocated for termination for cause, no, I believe that's... that case to be sound. I will support the motion the board has taken to terminate for convenience. Okay. And let's be sure we keep this germane to the topic.
0: Um... All right. So hang on a second. I, all right. Moment of personal privilege here, if you don't mind, Chairwoman Dashu. If you if you don't mind. You're not his parent. Okay. I, I feel like that needs to be said. You're not his parent. You're not his teacher. He is a grown adult. He is an elected official on the school board. He may say what he wishes to say. I've noticed the same thing going on with the mayor when she runs the city council meetings, this constant effort at restating and reframing things that grown adults have said. And then she Puts her own sort of spin on it. And oh, I think what you're saying is, oh, what I hear you saying is, no, no, just just stop. I don't need you to decipher or translate for me. I'm an elected official. I'm on this seat. I said what I said, let people hear it, make their own conclusions. And what Dashu tries to do there is to stop him from talking about firing for cause. You see, the, uh, this to me is—now I see clearly what is going on. You've got them pushing him out, right? You've got these board members that are now pushing him out, but they're very worried about how that's going to look. So they're trying to say, we love Ernest. He's so great. He's a good man. He was— Uh, You know, he was in it for the right reasons. He deeply cares for the kids and the district. He sacrificed so many. This was a catastrophic pandemic. Nobody knew what they were doing, but you're still fired. Right. So they're still they're going down that path. But you just heard Strain say he lobbied for termination for cause. That's what he wanted. Do you think it might have had something to do with the refusal to enforce truancy laws? That story popped, what, four days ago now? I suspect it might have a little something to do with that. Maybe, maybe just a little, eensy-weensy-teensy bit. If you got Sean Strain saying, I'm pushing for cause because refusing to follow the law would be a cause for termination. And by the way, I did do the math. They're going to pay him out the total nut yeah 576 plus thousand dollars 577. that's the twenty four thousand thirty three dollars a month for 24 months. he's getting paid yeah so he gets terminated for convenience not for cause even though what strange just said indicates that there was reason for cause and I suspect, that's probably how the article got over to the uh, NPR affiliate WFAE in town, right? I'm sure that's how uh, they got keyed onto it. This email exchange going on between Strain and Winston about the truancy uh, uh, laws that he wasn't enforcing. The truancy wasn't do, they wasn't making principals do the sixth day absence, uh, reaching out and contacting the parents, and then the tenth day thing. We met, we went over this yesterday. So Strain, obviously, was going after some other avenue to try to save the district money because if they could fire him for cause, he didn't get anything. So what does the, the majority on the school board say? No, 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 we'll fire him, but for convenience, because you know, it's pretty obvious this isn't happening, it's not working out so well, so uh, yeah, we need to get rid of him. But we don't want to be seen... As the bad guys, we couldn't possibly fire this man. And you heard Dr. Jones, Dr. Ruby Jones, just say something along the lines of, uh, you know, he's a black guy. And so now I'm supposed to think that only a black guy can teach the black kids if he's a superintendent. I understand there may be some value at the classroom level. And maybe that's where he should go is back to teaching students in the classroom. But. This idea, she she intimated that there is maybe some some racism going on here. Because who's leading this effort? Elise Dashew and other white liberal women on the school board. Hmm. Hmm. You know, I kind of feel bad for Ernest Winston. I do. I mean look, he applied for the job and he got it. That's on the board. Specifically The former chairwoman, Mary McRae. That's on her. That was that's on the former board members that put this unqualified guy into the post and then gave him a big fat raise and apparently took a part of his contract out that would have protected the board and taxpayers. But at least, you know, Ernest is getting paid. Oh, no, but he's going to get stuff released from his personnel file, whatever. Uh, Yeah, it's not going to stop him from landing on his feet and getting another job. We'll resume the audio in a moment. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Oh, he's gone. What was Tim's question? Bernie, because Tim uh, apparently bailed. What was his question?
2: He was talking about the superintendent and you
0: know, why, you know, if North Carolina is an at-will state, you know, they can fire you for no reason. Yeah. You know, why is this guy able to get away with so much and also, you know, make a killing in terms of his severance package making half a million dollars? He just doesn't quite, you know, understand how is that even possible. So the way the contract, as I understand it, the way the contract was structured, it built in this scenario. And this scenario would play out in one of three ways. If they tried to get rid of him before the end of his contract— They would have to pay him out the rest of his contract unless it's for cause. If it's for cause, you know, like you get popped, uh, drunk driving or, uh, diddling little kids, you know, something like that, something bad, you get arrested or you're embezzling or something. And then you just, you get fired for cause. If you are being fired for convenience, not cause, then they got to pay you out, but part of the deal with that is that then they would have to explain to the public your uh, via uh, release of your performance reviews. And so is that enough of an incentive for Ernest Winston to say, Oh no, no don't release my performance reviews because it's going to, you know, hurt my chances of getting another job someplace. That's what they were kind of hoping he would do. He did not. I think it's a perfectly rational decision he made which was, look, we're talking the difference of a quarter million dollars, you know, whether he walks with like 300K or almost 600K. So he says, release the performance reports. That's fine. And, I mean, what are we going to learn? That that he wasn't good at his job? Yeah, I thought, I thought we already knew that. I <laughs> mean, so it's, yeah. So, uh so that's why the severance is there. It is specifically in the contract. Now, I did see... Where was it? Oh, darn. Sorry. Um, they changed... what? They changed the contract for him. I'm trying to remember in the... Here it is. In the stack of stuff. Um, here it is. From the Charlotte Observer, Anna Maria de la Costa, uh, writing at the Charlotte Observer. In February 2021, the school board approved a new contract for Winston, extending his term through 2025 with a 3% raise. The raise brought his salary from $280,000 a year to 288400 dollars so like an $8,400 pay raise. The contract, here we go, also removed a clause that allowed the board to terminate his contract for any reason within 60 days notice. Yeah, they neutered themselves. This this story that we're watching and listening to unfold. This is not a story solely about one person's inability to, you know, right the ship of government education. You know my view on it. The problem is the model. It's not the people. Everybody is going to fail at this because the problem is the K twelve government schools model. Okay, so the story isn't. So much that, you know, one man with no experience was somehow or another unable to close the achievement gap between racial and ethnic uh, classes, even though people have been trying to do that for 20 years and they actually have expertise in trying to do that. But no, no, the reporter turned teacher turned chauffeur turned superintendent was unable was unable to turn the ship around. But this is also. A story about how bad the Charlotte Mecklenburg school board members have been for quite some time. Their inability to act as a rational and, uh, I don't know, adequate board of directors. I don't I don't see how anybody could have any confidence in that group. Seriously. So. To that extent, maybe this is an effort to inoculate themselves against the wrath of voters that they're expecting to come down to the polls and turn out all the education leaders. Uh, Maybe, maybe they are throwing Winston under the school bus here. Knowing that, you know, he's he's an easy target for people like me to criticize his lack of experience, his inability to actually do the job he was hired to do not meet any of the lofty expectations that people projected upon him because they so wanted a nice guy to be able to lead the school district. There's also the you know the theory that's out there that they wanted somebody they could control. And if that's the case, then they, once again, this comes back to them. See, there's no way that the school board escapes responsibility here. Not in my mind, because either they wanted somebody in there that they could control, and so therefore the outcomes we're seeing are within their control or they hired somebody that was completely unqualified to do the job and they thought he could do it and now they're surprised that he couldn't and has failed galactically that's an old reference to larry gavro former school board member seven to two vote by the Charlotte Mecklenburg School Board firing the superintendent. He's going to walk with all of his money, $576,792 or so, uh, over the course of 24 months. The guy was pulling down $24,000 a month. $24K a month. So the school board uh, met this morning or this afternoon, rather, about an hour ago, and uh, they did this in open session. They uh, made the motion. They started making comments. They all spoke for 60 seconds. And I think where we left off was with, um, bu- 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 oh, I think it was uh, Sean Strain. Sorry, I kind of got uh, sidetracked. And so then uh, next up, we have got school board member Lenora Shipp. Oh, hang on a second. Hang on, hang on. That's my fault. See, because I tried to record it in yeah, I tried to record it in, and then I said, "Well, this will make a bunch of sense. I'll just record it into my uh, my audio recording program because I was afraid that the Facebook was going to uh, was going to crap out, and then I would have to go back, re-rack it, find it again, and it would be all of this awkward, you know, waiting, and then I would have to kind of tap dance like I'm doing now. It was very, very, very concerning to me." All right, so now I've saved the audio. So I so I recorded the rest of it during the break. I recorded the rest of it into an audio file, and then it wouldn't play. But now let's see if it'll play. Let's see.
1: Ms. Ship. Yes. Um, this I is an awesome. unfortunate situation and <laughs> no win. I thank Superintendent Winston for his hard and dedicated work, and I respect all that he's done for the district. I have seen now over the months that much confidence has been lost in the leadership from the top down. For me, this is not just about black or white. It is about doing what is right for all our children in CMS, a focus on what's best for all children. As a former principal and a teacher, I know this is a difficult time where we are right now today. But we can't go backwards. We can't stand still. We must move forward. And I must have the courage to be uncomfortable with this difficult decision in a time like this, in this season. A change in leadership is always a hard decision. The Board of Education's decision to separate from Superintendent Ernest Winston is painfully difficult because all of us on the board recognize what a principled, ethical, kind, and loyal person Mr. Winston is. He cares about our kids, all of them, as a parent, a leader, and a member of our community. Upcoming action items from the board that the board will take momentarily will further explain how we arrived at this decision. I also want to be very clear that despite certain radical political forces taking a victory lap that they made this happen, that no one, no parent group, no faith-based group have led me to my decision today. The facts will speak for themselves and I'm astonished that others are celebrating right now when it has nothing to do with you.
0: Well, now, hang on a second. The radicals? Are you talking about the parents? you talking about parents that came down and were mad that you guys weren't fully investigating sex assaults? High schools? Those radicals? Or, oh, wait. Or is it the radicals who came down and yelled at you guys because all the guns kept turning up at the schools and the fights and the, the assaults? Or, no, maybe it was the radicals who came down and complained that you were showing little Johnny and Janie at age, you know, five and six. You were giving them books on how to uh, take advantage of themselves in a sexually gratifying manner. Is that it? Or, or was it the radicals who came down and complained that you had spent tens of thousands of dollars to bring in Ibram X. Kendi to tell everybody that they're racists? Is that it? Who are the radicals here? And you know what, uh, school board member De La Hara, they can take a victory lap. They should take a victory lap. And I hope they take a victory lap if you lose. This is politics. And just because you're on the school board doesn't mean you're not playing politics. And, the, and look, she knows that. She's playing politics herself right now. This is the thing that always drives me nuts with the school boards because they're nonpartisan. And that's crap. They are partisan. Absolutely, they are partisan. But on the Charlotte Mecklenburg School Board, they they don't elect them. You know, we don't know the D's and the R's and such. And so as a nonpartisan body, they get to pretend that we're doing all of this for the children and that politics doesn't come into this. And that's just not true. It's not true. So the radicals, a.k.a. the parents, who came down... And made your meetings uncomfortable for the better part of two years. First, virtually, because you wouldn't meet in the same room with them because of COVID. And then when you opened it back up and then parents came down and yelled at you to your face about how poorly you were managing the system. How bad of an education kids were getting. uh, how, How dangerous some school settings were. How, how poorly the students were performing on tests, right? all of these issues that parents came down and beat you in the face with. Yeah, that made a difference. And maybe it didn't make a difference with your vote, or maybe that's just what you need to tell yourself. But what exactly is the reason why you're cutting them loose after 14 months when you just gave him a big fat pay raise and removed part of his uh, contract language that would have let you fire him 60 days? You could have fired him, just given him 60 days notice. You removed a clause that allowed the board to terminate his contract for any reason. You guys just cost taxpayers $577,000. What's up with that? Why did you take out that part of the, the, of the contract? Where you could have fired him for any reason, just give him 60 days notice, and honestly... Maybe for somebody else with loads of experience as a superintendent, maybe somebody like that would never have agreed to a contract with that kind of language in it. Maybe so. But, but Ernest Winston didn't have any experience. He was a different candidate. There, there was a greater risk with putting him in charge. There was. there is, a, And look, I say this as somebody who is not a fan of the K-12 system and who wants to see disruptors brought in. But I also recognize the obvious fact that he was a greater risk than somebody else who has far more experience navigating the political waters that is the K-12 government school bureaucracy. He did not. And so the risk on the other side of the ledger there to protect the taxpayers for whom you are stewards of the system Right, the protection is for the taxpayers, so we don't get left on the hook for five hundred and seventy-seven large. And you guys screwed it up. I don't know how much clearer I can be about that. This, like really, I, I know some people are gonna hear me and criticizing Ernest Winston. I would have done the exact same thing he did. I mean, not in management style. I think we have different management styles and <laughs> different focuses. Uh, but no, I, if, if someone said, Hey, you should apply for the superintendent job. And I would say I'm completely unqualified for that. And they're like, no, no, no. We'd like your chances. We're going to make sure you get it. Okay. I'll apply. Oh my gosh. Look at that. You want to pay me $280,000 a year for this. And all I got to do is get up in front of various civic organizations and pop off with the latest, uh, proactive, uh, corporate bureaucratic jargon. And I just do that. And I give, I give lofty, lofty speeches and just, uh, uh, I called it bumper stickers and bromides yesterday. That's what he—that's what he trafficked in, and not even well. He couldn't really deliver the lines very well. Not believable, you know. And then what? Then they offer him, "Hey, we—you we, got to walk away, and we won't say anything bad about you, or we'll fire you, and you can get an extra two fifty large." Yeah, I would do the same thing he did. Fire me, pay me, I'll be fine. News Talk 1110-993-WBT-704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also hit me up on the Twitter, at Pete Callender, uh, where I got this. Pete, looks like Winston went for the cashola. Interesting. Yeah, I would have done the same. And Jay says, the issue I see in Winston, uh, or is that Winston has 18 years into CMS employment, can't he retire at 20? So he's losing retirement? Probably not. A lot of the superintendent contracts, Jay, uh, and thanks for the email, I think they are structured for, uh, they they basically front load and to a shockingly large extent the pensions for superintendents. CMS has been doing this forever. I mentioned this the other day where they, uh, sort of this lemon dance, the superintendents go around, they They move from one district to another, one state to another, and in so doing, they get vested into, usually on an accelerated timeline, they get vested into the state's pension system, and then they take a bunch of their compensation will be uh, plowed into those funds so they can, into the pension funds, so they can then uh, start accruing lots and lots of money. And so think about it, over the course of a career, and if you're not you know, staying longer than three to five years at any one of your stops as a superintendent, you could probably get about three, four, maybe five stops, right? And if they're in all different states, you've now got three, four, or five different pension funds that you're drawing from. You're set for life. You'll be fine. So I don't know what, uh, I've not seen Ernest Winston's contract. Uh, I've not seen what the, retirement looks like for him. I would be surprised if his contract did not take into account the 18 years of employment and then also front loaded and accelerated his pension. I would, that, that is completely normal from, I mean, at least that's the way they used to do all the contracts around these parts back in, you know, prior to 2011. Um, so I think and even so, he's getting paid out for 2 years. So uh, does that mean that his tenure lasts for the 2 years? They keep him on the books and that time accrues towards his 20 years of service? And then does and that makes him a 20-year employee? I don't know. Like I said, I've not seen his uh I've not seen his contract. All right, back to the school board meeting. We have one more uh School board member to hear from, that being Thelma Byers-Bailey. She was, by the way, one of the only votes uh, against firing Winston today.
1: Ms. Byers-Bailey. This is a sad day for me. I have been supportive of Ernest from the very beginning. And I fully believe that we as a board have no right to require anything other than the best a person has to offer. If that is insufficient, then that is a decision that we have to make. But Ernest gave us his best, and I don't believe this decision serves him in his best interest. Thank you. All
0: right. So now that's an interesting line of thinking that we can't expect somebody to do more than their best, and this is Winston's best, so we really shouldn't fire him. Oh, okay. Really, with logic like this, It really isn't surprising why they ended up in the situation they're in right now. Really looking forward to spending the next two years paying out the guy that did his best, but failed so badly. Right? That's what you're saying. He did his best, but we shouldn't fire him for failing to do what we asked him to do because he just tried his best. I am, uh... Oh, you know what I meant to do also? Mary McRae. I meant to check. Let me see here. Let me pull. see if I can pull up the uh, the Board of Elections, North Carolina Board of Elections, the Mecklenburg County. Well, I'll do this during the news. I'm not going to make you suffer through my Googling. Um, I need to find out, because if I recall, she's running for election. Is, did, didn't she throw her name back in the ring? Or sorry, name in the hat, hat in the ring? I think is how that goes. I'm pretty sure. So I'll I'll double-check that, but she was the board chair that came up with this brilliant idea to hire Ernest Winston. Oh, and to not use a national search, right, to hire from within. It's pretty amazing. When I was a beat reporter for the city, county, schools and such for a decade, um, we had remarkable consistency in... Uh, in leadership. People didn't cycle through like they have been now. I mean, what what have we had now, like 17 different uh, superintendents in the last three years? No, I'm kidding. It's an exaggeration. But it's been almost that bad. It's been almost that bad. And the school board is to blame.